the law school of America. The living constitution, or loose constructionism, is the claim that the United States Constitution and other constitutions hold a dynamic meaning that evolves and adapts to new circumstances even if the document is not formally amended. The Constitution is said to develop alongside the needs of a society and to provide a more malleable tool for governments. The idea is associated with views that contemporaneous society should be taken into account in the constitutional interpretation of phrases. The Constitution is referred to as the living law of the land as it is transformed according to necessities of the time and the situation. The arguments for the living Constitution vary but can generally be broken into two categories. First, the pragmatist view contends that interpreting the Constitution in accordance with its original meaning or intent is sometimes unacceptable as a policy matter and so an evolving interpretation is necessary. The second, relating to intent, contends that the constitutional framers specifically wrote the Constitution in broad and flexible terms to create such a dynamic, living document. Opponents of the idea often argue that the Constitution should be changed by an amendment process because allowing judges to change the Constitution's meaning undermines democracy. Another argument against the living Constitution is that legislative action, rather than judicial decisions, better represent the will of the people in the United States in a constitutional republic since periodic elections allow individuals to vote on who will represent them in the United States Congress and members of Congress should, in theory, be responsive to the views of their constituents. That argument relies partly on the fact that federal judges, who are not elected but appointed by the president, have life tenure and so are far less at risk of losing their jobs than members of Congress, who are elected. The primary alternative to a living constitution theory is originalism. Some supporters of the living method of interpretation, such as professors Michael Common and Bruce Ackerman, refer to themselves as organists. History. Background. During the Progressive Era, many initiatives were promoted and fought for but prevented from coming to full fruition by legislative bodies or judicial proceedings. One case in particular, Pollock v. Farmers Loan and Trust Company, enraged early progressive activists hoping to achieve an income tax. That led progressives to the belief that the Constitution was unamendable and ultimately for them to find a new way to achieve the desired level of progress. Other proposals were considered, such as making the amending formula easier. Origins. The phrase originally derives from the title of a 1927 book of that name by Professor Howard Lee McBain, and early efforts at developing the concept in its modern form have been credited to figures like Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr., Louis D. Brandeis, and Woodrow Wilson. The earliest mentions of the Constitution as living, L particularly in the context of a new way of interpreting it, comes from Woodrow Wilson's book Constitutional Government in the United States in which he wrote. Living political constitutions must be Darwinian in structure and in practice. Wilson strengthened that view, at least publicly, while he campaigned for president in 1912. Society is a living organism and must obey the laws of life, not of mechanics, it must develop. All that progressives ask or desire is permission, in an era when development, evolution, is the scientific word, to interpret the constitution according to the Darwinian principle. All they ask is recognition of the fact that a nation is a living thing and not a machine. One could also reasonably argue that Thomas Jefferson himself presented the idea of evolving constitutional interpretations. In an 1816 letter to Samuel Kircheval, which is excerpted on panel 4 of the Jefferson Memorial, he wrote, But I also know that laws and institutions must go hand in hand with the progress of the human mind. As that becomes more developed, more enlightened, as new discoveries are made, 
new truths disclosed, and manners and opinions change with the change of circumstances, institutions must advance also, and keep pace with the times. We might as well require a man to still wear the coat which fitted him when a boy, as civilized society to remain ever under the regime of their barbarous ancestors. Judicial Pragmatism Although the living constitution is itself a characterization, rather than a specific method of interpretation, the phrase is associated with various non-originalist theories of interpretation, most commonly judicial pragmatism. In the course of his judgment in Missouri v. Holland, 1920, Holmes remarked on the Constitution's nature. With regard to that we may add that when we are dealing with words that also are a constituent act, like the Constitution of the United States, we must realize that they have called into life a being the development of which could not have been foreseen completely by the most gifted of its begetters. It was enough for them to realize or to hope that they had created an organism, it has taken a century and has cost their successors much sweat and blood to prove that they created a nation. The case before us must be considered in the light of our whole experience and not merely in that of what was said a hundred years ago. The treaty in question does not contravene any prohibitory words to be found in the Constitution. The only question is whether it is forbidden by some invisible radiation from the general terms of the Tenth Amendment. We must consider what this country has become in deciding what that amendment has reserved. According to the pragmatist view, the Constitution should be seen as evolving over time as a matter of social necessity. Looking solely to original meaning, which would largely permit many practices that are now universally condemned, thus causes the rejection of pure originalism out of hand. That general view has been expressed by Judge Richard Posner. A Constitution that did not invalidate so offensive, oppressive, probably undemocratic, and sectarian law would stand revealed as containing major gaps. Maybe that is the nature of our, or perhaps any, written constitution, but yet, perhaps the courts are authorized to plug at least the most glaring gaps. Does anyone really believe, in his heart of hearts, that the constitution should be interpreted so literally as to authorize every conceivable law that would not violate a specific constitutional clause? This would mean that a state could require everyone to marry or to have intercourse at least once a month, or it could take away every couple's second child and place it in a foster home. We find it reassuring to think that the courts stand between us and legislative tyranny even if a particular form of tyranny was not foreseen and expressly forbidden by framers of the Constitution. The pragmatist objection is central to the idea that the Constitution should be seen as a living document. Under that view, for example, constitutional requirements of equal rights should be read with regard to current standards of equality, not those of decades or centuries ago, an alternative that would be unacceptable. Now a word from our sponsor, the Law School of America. Original Intent In addition to pragmatist arguments, most proponents of the living constitution argue that the constitution was deliberately written to be broad and flexible to accommodate social or technological change over time. Edmund Randolph, in his draft sketch of constitution, wrote. In the draft of a fundamental constitution, two things deserve attention. 1. To insert essential principles only, lest the operations of government should be clogged by rendering those provisions permanent and unalterable, which ought to be accommodated to times and events, and 2. To use simple and precise language, and general propositions, according to the example of the constitutions of the several states. The doctrine's proponents assert that Randolph's injunction to use simple and precise language, and general propositions, such that the Constitution could be accommodated to times and events, is evidence of the genius of its framers. James Madison, the principal author of the Constitution and often called the father of the Constitution, 
said this an argument for original intent and against changing the Constitution by evolving language. I entirely concur in the propriety of resorting to the sense in which the Constitution was accepted and ratified by the nation. In that sense alone it is the legitimate Constitution. And if that is not the guide in expounding it, there may be no security for a consistent and stable, more than for a faithful exercise of its powers. If the meaning of the text be sought in the changeable meaning of the words composing it, it is evident that the shape and attributes of the government must partake of the changes to which the words and phrases of all living languages are constantly subject. What a metamorphosis would be produced in the code of life all its ancient phraseology were to be taken in its modern sense. Some living constitutionalists seek to reconcile themselves with the originalist view, which interprets the Constitution as it was originally intended to be interpreted. Applying Living Constitution One application of the Living Constitution's framework is seen in the Supreme Court's reference to evolving standards of decency under the Eighth Amendment, as was seen in the 1958 Supreme Court case of Trovi Dulles. The words of the Eighth Amendment are not precise, and that their scope is not static. The amendment must draw its meaning from the evolving standards of decency that mark the progress of a maturing society. The court referred in Tro only to the Eighth Amendment's prohibition on cruel and unusual punishment, but its underlying conception was that the Constitution is written in broad terms and that the court's interpretation of those terms should reflect current societal conditions, which is the heart of the living Constitution. Equal Protection and Due Process Clauses From its inception, one of the most controversial aspects of the living constitutional framework has been its association with broad interpretations of the Equal Protection Clause and the Due Process Clause of the Fifth and the Fourteenth Amendments. Proponents of the living constitution suggest that a dynamic view of civil liberties is vital to the continuing effectiveness of the constitutional scheme. It is now seen as unacceptable to suggest that married women or descendants of slaves are not entitled to liberty or equal protection with regard to coverture laws, slavery laws and their legacy as they were not expressly seen as free from such by those who ratified the Constitution, and advocates of the living Constitution believed that the framers intended or certainly demanded their 18th-century practices to be regarded as the permanent standard for those ideals. Living constitutionalists suggest that broad ideals such as liberty and equal protection were included in the Constitution precisely because they are timeless and for their inherently dynamic nature. Liberty in 1791 is argued to have never been thought to be the same as liberty in 1591 or in 1991, but it was rather seen as a principle transcending the recognized rights of the day and age. Giving them a fixed and static meaning in the name of originalism is thus said to violate the very theory that it purports to uphold. Points of Contention As the subject of significant controversy, the idea of a living constitution is plagued by numerous conflicting contentions. Disregard of Constitutional Language the idea of a living constitution was often characterized by Justice Scalia and others as inherently disregarding constitutional language and as suggesting that one should not simply read and apply the constitutional text. Jack Balkin argues that was not the intended meaning of the term, however, and suggests that the constitution be read contemporaneously, rather than historically. Such an inquiry often consults the original meaning or intent, along with other interpretive devices. A proper application then involves some reconciliation between the various devices, not a simple disregard for one or another. Judicial Activism Another common view of the living constitution is synonymous with judicial activism, a phrase that is generally used to accuse judges of resolving cases based on their own political convictions or preferences. Comparisons it may be noted that the living constitution does not itself represent a detailed philosophy and that distinguishing it from other theories can be difficult. 
Indeed, supporters often suggest that it is the true originalist philosophy, but originalists generally agree that phrases such as just compensation should be applied differently than 200 years ago. It has been suggested that the true difference between the judicial philosophies regards not meaning at all but rather the correct application of constitutional principles. A supporter of the living constitution would not necessarily state, for instance, that the meaning of liberty has changed since 1791, but it may be what it has always been, a general principle that recognizes individual freedom. The important change might be in what is recognized as liberty today but was not fully recognized two centuries ago. That view was enunciated for the Supreme Court by Justice George Sutherland in 1926. While the meaning of constitutional guarantees never varies, the scope of their application must expand or contract to meet the new and different conditions which are constantly coming within the field of their operation. In a changing world it is impossible that it should be otherwise. But although a degree of elasticity is thus imparted, not to the meaning, but to the application of constitutional principles, statutes and ordinances, which, after giving due weight to the new conditions, are found clearly not to conform to the Constitution, of course, must fall. To complete the example, the question of how to apply a term like liberty may not be a question of what it means but rather a question of which liberties are now entitled to constitutional protection. Supporters of a living constitution tend to advocate a broad application in accordance with current views, and originalists tend to seek an application consistent with views at the time of ratification. Critics of the living constitution assert that it is more open to judicial manipulation, but proponents argue that theoretical flexibility in either view provides adherence extensive leeway in what decision to reach in a particular case. The Law School of America The content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation Incorporated under a Creative Commons Attribution, Share Alike License. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America